Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm good, Peggy. And you? Happy February. Good Lord. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. It has. But, you know, it it's February, but it doesn't feel like February, at least not here. Um, well, I, th- I think it will in the next 24 hours or so, based on the weather reports I've heard. Uh, I think we're about to get very, very cold. I know, but I want snow. Yeah, good luck with yeah. that. Doesn't it, it has been a weird winter. It has. They said that it was the hottest January on Earth since they started like keeping track. Wow. I know, it's crazy. Wow. Well, let me start, Peggy. I, I want to apologize to our listeners. We've been we've been off the grid for a while, and that's largely a result of stuff that I've been dealing with, just some um, some medical issues in my family and extended family, and no one's dying, and it's it's not disastrous. But I apologize; it has just swallowed me up, and it has it has left me for the last few weeks unable to function much outside of work and dealing with that stuff. So. Uh, I think things have normalized and we should be back on a regular schedule going forward. Good. Well, I mean, you know, I'm glad that you were able to take the time that you needed and I'm really glad that you're back. So I know just as on a selfish note, I've missed talking to you. So I'm sure our listeners can say the same thing or I will, oh, I will I extend that for them. How's that? That's very sweet of you. I am sure our listeners uh, missed hearing your voice as well. Well, we have, I mean, we have gotten the emails wondering, you know, if we quit, we did not quit. (laughs) If we're still around, we are very much still around. Um, But, you know, sometimes we we do our very best to to put out really strong content and it takes a lot of time. Um, And sometimes the stars align and then sometimes it just, it gets overwhelming and other things take priority. And, you know, we, we do the best that we can with a staff of two, which are both yes. volunteers. So I would, I would like to make clear to people that we're not just going to throw up our hands one day and stop recording and not let anyone know. So if you really think that we're, we're quitting, trust us, we'll do a farewell podcast to let you know. No, we're but not quitting. We don't anticipate we're, that. We're not even going to put too. that out there. We are here to stay because we have so much planned, especially for this year. So yeah. um, this is going to be an exciting year. Um, you know, I'm sorry that, that you had some issues. I'm glad everything is resolving and, um, I'm excited. So should we jump in? Let's do it. What are we talking about? Today we're going to be talking about support and the importance of finding supports, um, not only for the amputee, but for the caregiver. Um, and you know, it, we all need support at different phases in our life, whether or not you're an individual living with limb loss, limb difference or not. Everybody, I believe, comes to a certain point where they just need a little bit of extra help. Um, it's hard to admit that. It's hard to to tell somebody that, that you're struggling and that you need help, but it's okay. Um, not only is admitting it difficult, Dave, but sometimes even finding support can be difficult. I know when I first became an amputee, I, I really wanted to go talk to a therapist and I could not find a therapist to talk to. It was so frustrating. Um, and I know that people kind of run into those roadblocks sometimes of finding an individual that you can trust or a group or, um, you know, a therapist if you need to go the professional route. And then there's the whole issue. If you can't physically get to a place, what can you do? Um, so we're going to be going over all of those issues in today's podcast. Fantastic. So 
Let's start, Peggy, by by talking about just generally why support is important. And I don't think there's going to be any revelations here, and I don't think people are going to say, wow, I'd never thought of that. But I do think it just bears uh, repeating uh, because people, I suspect, are familiar with these concepts, but it's important to restate them. And, and the first thing is that just as human beings, we're inherently social creatures. Um, it's very hard to truly function as a human alone, whether you have limb loss, limb difference or not. Um, so it's especially true, though, when you're dealing with significant challenges, significant life issues. And, and the most obvious would be if you're um, old enough to understand that you're about to undergo an amputation or that you're having, uh, having a, a difficult challenge in your life related to that. But there are lots of other times as well in your life where, where these are really important, um, important resources to, to draw upon. So the relationships that we have around us or the relationships we can find and develop are really important to help us cope with these types of issues. And it bears mention, obviously, that people with specific experience with what you've dealt with, what you're dealing with, and or those who have specialized training are enormously important. Um, a really simple example from my perspective, Peggy, you know, and this is not the mental health uh, side, but certainly was the physical was when I became a new amputee, um, I developed an incredibly close relationship with my physical therapist, a guy who was just gave his time and energy to me both inside his facility and outside. And, um, you know, very few of us actually get through this journey alone. Um, the second point to, to raise is simply that going it alone has really significant drawbacks. Um, one of them is practical. Um, you're going to make lots of mistakes and probably experience a lot of frustration um, if you try to do this all alone. And, and you'll make the mistakes because you have no one to tell you, hey, if you just did it this way, this would be a, maybe a better way to handle it. Worked for me. Um, and when you start having that kind of frustration build up, um, it can lead to depression. It can lead to other mental health issues. And if you are really isolated, especially when you're dealing with a traumatic event in your life, a really difficult period in your life, it's really, it gets dangerous to, to be disconnected. Absolutely. So, um, support is important for those two core reasons. One, we're social beings. And two, uh, going it alone isn't generally a, a particularly productive or um, healthy way to try to deal with issues. I also think, Dave, that the the going it alone, you know, I know I have a tendency when I become overwhelmed, I kind of go into that hole where, and then I become very stubborn about, I'll figure it out, I'll do it on my own. And I found that I was really, you know, spinning my wheels, trying to reinvent the wheel, right? Like I didn't yep. need to try to, to muddle through when, if I had found another individual with limb loss, I could have just asked. And knowing that, that there are other people out there going through similar things. And even if you think that you've got it all down, right, and you're doing fine and you've learned how to overcome and you learn how to modify, you can always learn something. And you can always look at somebody and go, I never thought about doing it that way. You know, so there's there's a lot of benefits to, to reaching out and just connecting the power of connection. Yeah. There, there, there are. And, and I, I will say, Peggy, I, I'm my, my, my mindset generally um, is I, I'm not a guy who likes to talk particularly about feelings. And so um, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is stuff that's not intuitive to everybody. It's not something they're comfortable with. And I wasn't comfortable with a lot of this stuff either. Um, 
But reaching out to people doesn't always mean just spilling out your deepest, darkest, darkest secrets. A lot of this, a lot of what we're talking about, a lot of the frustrations, a lot of the challenges are very practical. And so simply just getting to talk to somebody to be able to ask them really basic questions, life hacks mm-hmm. on how do you deal with X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And so I think approaching this with an openness to, I'm not necessarily having to plunge into the depths of my soul and, and re, you know, relive my, my deepest and most painful experiences and share them with other people. It doesn't have to be that. And more often than not, it isn't. It's, it's just a matter of connecting and building those. I, I like the life hacks. I like that that angle, Dave, because I think that that's really, really important because that's how you grow as a person. That's how, how you move forward and adapt. And, you know, you, you never know when you go into these situations, you may go in thinking that you're the one who needs support and then find out, oh, I was actually able to help somebody too. So it's definitely a give or take. Um, Connecting with resources. We have a a great online community, ampedlife.com. You can email us and we will try to, we'll add you to the community or you can request to join a few questions and then you're in. Um, You can email us info at amped.org. That's actually not our email. (laughs) We should give them the right one then. It's info at ampedlife.org. Yes. you know, we we will work to connect you to whoever you're looking to connect with. You know, just uh, a few days ago, Dave, we received an email from an individual whose husband was in the hospital, uh, just had an above knee amputation, and he's a farmer. And she wanted to know if we could connect him with another farmer. And we were able to do that. We were able to make that connection based on those interests. So if that's something that you're looking for, the more people we have in the community, the more connections we're able to make based on those factors. You know, whatever kind of somebody's looking to do or somebody has unique questions about a certain situation, we will work tirelessly to, to make those connections and introductions for you. Um, if you don't want to go through AMPT, uh, which I don't know why you wouldn't want to, but, you know, talk to your prosthetist. They're going to have, you know, local people that they work with that uh, there are wealth of information about the amputee limb loss community in your area because that's who they serve. Uh, maybe they have a support group. Maybe they know of a support group. Maybe they'll let you start a support group. Um, so those are some really good resources to talk to. You can also talk with your physical therapist or your, your caseworker or nurse case manager, if you have any of those, about connecting to those resources for the help that you're looking for. Excellent. In addition, Peggy, the, you know, there are different ways to connect for support just in terms of how do you do it. Um, so the, the AMPT resources that you mentioned before, um, allows you to do it through technology, um, uh, as well as in person. We can obviously connect you to people in your area. And actually, the, the AmpedLife.com community uh, does allow you to see people who are in your general area um, and, and therefore um, hopefully try to connect in person if that's something you want to do. But one of the big challenges that you and I have always talked about a lot, maybe you want to speak about this a second, is just the challenge of distance and mobility. And so if, you're, if you want to match somebody 
um, with a specific question up with another person who is like them, who's experienced similar things. In a lot of geographies, there just may not be enough people who line up, but at a national level, there are. And so you and I have always thought that technology was a big way to bridge that gap. And maybe you want to talk about that. It is, um, you know, between FaceTime and Skype and even, even just picking up the phone and talking, uh, you know, it's very possible to build a very strong mentor mentee relationship using technology now uh, where even five or 10 years ago, people were a little uncomfortable about some of those platforms. You know, we've become a mobile society where, where, you know, talking on your cell phone, talking through the computers really has become the norm. And it's, in my view, it's far more beneficial to have a contact with somebody with similar issues or of a similar lifestyle, similar age. Those, those common commonalities far outweigh just having a body come see you right? Because although they may be a very charming person, I don't think that there's a lot of benefits sometimes to having, you know, an upper extremity elderly individual coming to talk to a teen who's just a new BK and wanted to know if he can get back on the football team. So, you know, we tend to weigh when we try to make those connections, we tend to be very technology friendly. Obviously, if we're, if you want to find somebody in your local area, um, I would encourage you to, to avail the resources through your prosthetists and local support groups. But if you're open to using different platforms, uh, you can build very strong relationships and really glean the information and the support that you need through some of those newer mediums. Yeah. And the last thing with respect to finding support, Peggy, is don't freeze out your family and friends. Um, they, they may not understand exactly what's going on with you. They may not be experts in in the realm that you need the help. But for the most part, our family and friends do want to help. Exactly. And they can be enormously supportive and, and don't cut them off um, just because they haven't experienced exactly what you have. Uh, you know, they're, they're eager to help. They often want to help and, you know, approach them with, with the mindset of, of openness and, and kindness uh, because, Things that may not mean a lot to you when you include them mean the world to them. And who doesn't want to be helpful, right? I mean, if 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 you have a friend who's going through chemotherapy, um, you don't have to go through chemo and be a cancer survivor to know that that they could use a little extra support. That may be dropping by with some cookies or or things like that. And sometimes I know they've I fall very short. Of I try to, I tend to put on a very stoic face. Um, you know, I know you've had a lot of issues recently. There, there's been a lot of chaos in my family as well, especially with my youngest son uh, doing different treatments and things. And I really, really suck at at telling people I'm tired. You want to help me? I could really use a lasagna. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm really, really, really bad about doing that. Um, and I don't know if it's if it's a pride thing or an embarrassment thing on my end, but it's something that I'm really trying to be more cognizant about because I've realized that, like when I told my neighbor that that I was really struggling and that I really needed help, I mean she jumped on it and was right there, you know, pitching in and lending a hand and letting me take a break. Um, 
you know, I mean, my kid was quarantined. I couldn't leave the house. Do you know how it's like being yeah, stuck in a house? With, it it yeah. drives you crazy after a while. Um, and just kind of opening up and saying, yes, you can help me. Um, and, and it gave her a way to really help that was really beneficial. So when people say, you know, what can I do? How can I help you? Tell them. Yep. Really good advice, Peggy. Really good advice. So, all right. And overcoming your own fears. Um, you know, and I, I tend to do this one myself is, is you become very stoic and put on that brave face. And I think sometimes, Dave, I look back on my own journey and it was really a, like everybody kept telling me how brave I was. You're so strong. You're so brave. I don't know how you do it. You're doing amazing. You're so brave. And I know that, that they meant it as support. I felt like I was living a lie every time they said it because I knew that I was scared and that I was depressed and that I was having huge panic attacks and anxiety. And I didn't know my life had just been turned upside down. I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to learn to walk on this stupid thing. I mean, the whole thing was running through my brain. And yet every time somebody was telling me, oh, you're so brave, I would just smile and okay, okay, maybe I'll believe it. And it wasn't until I finally my best friend came down to visit me and she looked at me and she's like, I know you're not okay. So get over it. What's going on? That's when I really began to heal because she let me break down those barriers. I think yeah. it's not, I don't think I'm unique in that. I, I see that happening a lot, you know, where, where people who are new to limb loss, it's very common for their supporters to kind of laud on the, the praises men as encouragement, but if you're not feeling it, it can really backfire in your own brain. Yep. I, I think that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I said already that, you know, I'm not the kind of person who likes talking about stuff and I don't like asking for help. And one of the most transformative elements of entering this world when I was 27 was realizing that I needed help. There was no way around it. Um, and learning that I could accomplish so much more and I could, I could build a community of people that really mattered to me so much more effectively when it was, you know, when, when there was a two way street, when it wasn't just me only giving when I wanted to give, but when it was, I had to, I had to ask for help and they could give something back. Um, so. And it's hard. It takes a, it takes a different kind of strength to to show what what we perceive in that moment to be an area of vulnerability and it's not yeah. right because i mean we would both do anything to help anybody but yet you know we're the last ones to go yeah over here we could use you know I'm drowning over here send a buoy or something yeah and and i will tell you i mean the, the life lessons i learned going through that in my late 20s um are things that i've carried with me because there have been times where you know, life kicks you in the teeth again for a variety of different reasons and weird stuff is going on. Some of those, you know, I, I've been dealing with a few of those things the last few weeks and um, immediately was able to reach out to to different people and say, hey, I need help with this. I need help with that. Here's what's going on. And um, it's a huge load off. It, it's so much easier to live your life um, operating that way than trying to hide when it all you admit that you're and human and not control. a superhero right i mean yep. you you kind of admit that and i think people gravitate towards that people are 
you know, for the most part, people want to help. They they want and they want their help to be something that you really need rather than, you know, making a decision on I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and finding out that that's not what was really necessary. So right. let people know. Keep those dialogues going. I know it's hard. It's really, really hard. But the thing is, is that when you learn to ask for help when you're needing it, it, it makes it easier as well to recognize when somebody else needs that same lifeline. So take it as a learning opportunity for when you can pay it forward in the future. Yep. Completely agree. So, and I do want to say, I mean, you know, this is all for like peer support and things, but if, if you feel like you need um, more, more professional help, there's absolutely no shame in that either. Um, and there's a lot of, of things if if you're dealing with mobility issues and can't get out of the house, uh, there's some really good counseling apps out there now that connect you directly with a licensed therapist. So I would encourage people to to employ technology. If, if you live in an area where you can't get to a therapist and you really feel like you need to talk to a professional, that, that there are a lot of different avenues for, for counseling now that that don't have to be in the typical, you know, office area where you travel there and wait for your appointment. Because I know that that's hard for a lot of people. So really open up and explore some of those other options. Yep. Great advice. Should we try to wrap this up and summarize I think it? we should. All right. So uh, first, seeking support isn't weakness. It's smart. So don't hesitate to do it. Um, resources you can lean on to try to find support, um, amped your prosthetist support groups, um, lean on your family and friends. Don't leave them out and don't just dismiss them because they're not living with limb loss or difference themselves if they are not. And if, remember, if you seek support now, it puts you in a great position to help others later. I mean, one of the great things about being in this community is the opportunity to talk with other people and to, to pay back what others paid forward. And um, asking for support now is a great life lesson, and uh, it will put you in a much better position to be of help to others later because there will be others who need your help. Absolutely. So if for no other reason, if you're struggling now, but you still have that pride factor, just consider research for when you can help somebody else. Yep. Great advice, Peggy. All right, Dave, it was really good talking to you. I'm glad things are normalizing and uh, look forward to hopefully getting back on a schedule at some point in life. We will. We're working we on it, back but we're back. We back. Happy to be back and we'll talk soon. Take care, Peggy. Have a Bye. good one. Bye.